This week on the Jock and Nerd Podcast, we review season one of The Boys spinoff Gen V on Amazon. Plus, we discuss that bombshell variety article revealing the dysfunction at Marvel Studios and react to trailers for Echo, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, Godzilla Minus One, and The Fall Guy, and more, all in this edition of the Jock and Nerd Weekly for Monday, November 6th, 2023. This is Frank Grillo. You know me, but who are you? Are you the discerning, sophisticated type of person who enjoys all the latest comic book and superhero TV and movie news, pop culture references, witty banter? Me neither. I'm just here for the dick jokes. Check. Check one. All right. This is Roy Fans out there. Let's give it up. Yeah, what's up? Hello, listener. Thanks for pressing play and welcome to the Jock and Nerd Podcast, where we give you comic book and superhero TV and movie news, reviews, and whatever we choose. Jock and Nerd. My name is Imran. My name's Anthony. He's the Jock. He's the Nerd. And And we'll peep you next time. And no, we'll peep you right now. And joining us straight off his recent gig as stunt puppet on Gen V. Oh, they ripped him apart and sent him back in pieces, but we sewed him back together. It's Rug Boy. You know, I was in drag in one of those scenes, and I wore a uh, a blonde wig and a, and uh, and fake boobs. That was you up against the the carnival machine. Yeah, getting, yeah, I, yeah. I was banging oh. Sam. Yeah, yeah, that was. I thought that puppet looked familiar. Yeah, I had to wear dentures and everything. <laughs> they didn't like my teeth. Uh, a lot of puppet massacre on that one. I, how did that make you feel? We'll find out later. I wanted to stretch my abilities yeah. and my vagina. Good job. Yes. Good job. Your <laughs> slack hole uh, yeah. needs to be repaired. That's what I call it. But yikes. <laughs> All right. Anyways, look, we've got a lot of things to discuss and a whole season of awesome TV to review. Let's get to it. The Jock, Jock and Ned Podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hollywood actor strike update. They're still, they're still on, on strike. They're still on strike. That's correct, Anthony. We're going on 116 days, and uh, the AMPTP had submitted what they were calling their quote uh, last, best, and final offer to the union. Uh, meaning, Before it goes to attorney review. Yes. Bef- and also kind of alluding that we're not budging. <laughs> this is it. You take this or I don't know what. And take it or leave it. They sh- and now, should they take it? They've been mulling it over over the weekend and just two hours ago posted on their Twitter. This morning, our negotiators formally responded to the AMPTP's last best and final offer. Uh, they don't tell you what it is. They said there's several essential items on which we still do not have an agreement, including AI. We will keep you informed. So. I don't know. It's still- I heard that they sent them human feces and tinfoil. Did they send us <laughs> somebody's? Here's, here's our response. Yeah, here's a very firm turd. It's everybody's <laughs> shit. Amber Benson, uh, uh, Amber Heard. <laughs> Amber Benson, that's from Buffy. Is she or somebody? Who I don't, I don't know who Amber Benson is. Oh, I'm sorry. I said your name. Brad. They responded with a box of Amber Heard shit. Is that what? Uh, hmm, that's yeah. interesting. That's, they had a celebrity cocky. That's it. Yes. 
Boo cocky. Uh, so, <laughs> look, they got to hold out if they haven't got the AI shit settled, but this is going on a long way, and the studios are like, hey, look, you, you drag this out, nothing's going to get started. So, we'll see what happens. Meanwhile, we got to talk about this huge bombshell article from Variety. The hit piece. Everyone's talking about it's it. It's either an expose or it's a hit piece. That's interesting you say that. It is a cover From Variety, story. though? Vari- well, look, we'll get into the writer is Tatiana Siegel. Uh, cover story is Marvel in trouble. This thing is everywhere. Uh, not a long article, but it's packed. Did you guys get to read it? Where do you want to start? I skimmed it. I, I, I skimmed it, but I also freaking read that entire book. Oh, you yeah, read the, the book already? Reign Reign of of the, the MCU, MCU. so a lot shit. of this kind of overlaps a little bit. Oh, interesting. That book's really good. I'm actually, I'm in like, maybe I've read like 150 pages. It's a fucking page flipper. Uh, the sto- I, I, the, I finished it pretty quick. Easy to read, and uh, the stories are great. I've been enjoying that book. Okay, here, we'll do this. I'm gonna, there's okay, a couple, okay, okay. couple of big points here. We'll go point by point and get your comment. Uh, Tatiana Siegel is the writer, and she starts out talking about the Palm Springs annual retreat that they've been doing ever since Kevin Feige came on board, like in 2009. Uh, and the discussions, the angst ridden discussions there this year, apparently they taught the executive talked about backup plans to pivot because of the Jonathan majors situation. And the article says they, they, they discussed pivoting to Dr. Doom uh for secret wars or maybe doom was already in secret wars uh, the article also states that a studio source notes that regardless of the actor's legal issue marvel had already considered moving away from a majors led phase because of the box office performance of ant-man 3 that's interesting uh any comment on that do you think would would you switch out the doctor doom or just recast jonathan majors that they're, they're they're doing all this kang work yeah, I mean, it. you can you can do that. That's fine, but uh, you could always postpone the what Kang's doing. It's not like it doesn't seem like it's it's like um, building up to something. Like they've addressed it in Quantum right? It's happening with the TVA, but you know that none of that stuff has any real repercussions on Marvel at large. So you don't really even have to address it. Just drop it. But you know what? That stuff in Loki and all this multiverse stuff seems to be the only like substantive thing that's been linking things where they actually have something. Really? Uh, Aside from everything else, it's the only thing. Okay, so you have in Spider-Man, you have Doctor Strange opening up the the multiverse of madness. Yeah. And then you have that strand that they just let. Right. (laughs) The rumors of Deadpool 3 are true. The TVA is showing up there. Um, after, uh, yeah, after the first season of Loki where they broke the timelines, uh, some stuff happened. It's not a real problem if you know how to write. It's a good point. No, it's a good point. Um, Anthony, you would recast. I mean, they've, yeah, I would just recast it. If, if push comes to shove, just recast it. They're already, I, 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 I think they are building a lot of stuff towards this. So at the end of the day, it's like, is anyone going to feel robbed if Kang doesn't? exact his revenge or whatever i don't know just recast him yeah they all look like him but you've already established variants can look like the same person and yeah, they can look, look like different can, people yeah you establish that peter parker can look like andrew garfield Tom Lo- Holland, or Toby Maguire. Yeah, all the lokis are different they're all variant right. lokis yeah, yeah there's so. different lokis 
Uh, anyways, we'll back- see how it plays out. I don't know. Yeah, you got to see how this court trial at the end of November what happens. But I'm sure they got <laughs> backup plans. And I feel yeah, like we all know that in the scheme of uh, of uh, variants, you can be a you can be d- different uh, sexes, but you can't. I don't think you could cross the race barrier. <laughs> you can't so be a there, white there dude. was a black Loki. Was there a black Loki? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, I'm wrong. Okay, yeah, let's do that then. You know what? See what happens. I want a Pakistani king then. Just I want them to recast him with a guy from fucking RRR. It'd be amazing. Either one. Okay. I don't care who. That's my Imran choice. Imran King. Imran King. King Imran. Uh, okay, back in Imran. Imran. Uh, back in this article, <laughs> she talks about it talks about how the source can be blamed. Uh, traced back to Bob Chapek 2020 when he mandated them to make stuff for Disney Plus. And just too much stuff was getting out. Kevin Feige clearly sp- spread thin. The narrative gets muddled. And then she talks about the Marvels. This is also, there's a couple of crazy things in here. Uh, it mentions the Marvels, the Marvels plagued by four weeks of reshoots because the storyline was confusing. We've seen the pre-sales and projections of uh, the box office very low. This movie is coming out this week. And then it mentions director Nia DaCosta left post-production during the Marvel's post-production to work on another movie that she really wanted to do. She's also been uh, cited as calling the Marvel set kind of the Kevin Feige show. However, she has come out on this recent interview saying, look, they switched the dates of these movies. They knew I had this commitment. It, what was supposed to take two years became like a three-year commitment. Uh, apparently, she was still like, consulting uh, remotely when she went to work on that other movie. And she's like, it wasn't that dramatic, right? So maybe this writer is exaggerating some things and making it seem like they weren't as crazy as they are. Because on on the surface, it's like, oh, the director left post-production. That's got to, you know. Directors don't mean anything in Marvel movies because we all know that it's all pre-vised and figured out. They just need to attach somebody for PR, yeah. Right. Yeah. Or optics. Yeah. And that's exactly what she's like. All right. I'm done doing my thing. I did. I directed all the acting scenes. I'm not involved with action scenes like that's previs to death. So I'm just going to go. And that's probably what happened. Yeah. Well, then probably. As mentioned, they switched the dates of the movies. Yeah, that's a problem. So I'm sure when they sign up these directors, it's very well known now that you're going to these movies are worked on until the very end. But if you switch the date of the movie to a later date, that obviously is going to create conflict if you have another booking right after that movie. And the next thing it mentions is the conflict and the pressure it causes on the VFX department and the people who do the visual effects because yes, now you have more time to work on the Marvels. They had less time uh to work on Quantum Mania cuz those dates got swapped. Right. The Marvels got moved like 3 or 4 times. Which is why you literally see unfinished CGI that was added in the last minute in that movie, causing the uh, VFX workers to unionize as these strikes are going on, and Victoria Alonso getting let go as kind of a scapegoat uh, for the. Yeah, she got let go. There was also some stuff um, in the book. Uh, I'm not going to spoil that for you. Oh, man. Some other stuff that why she got let go. Oh, man. I can't wait till I get to that part. I like in the book how it goes like movie development to movie in order. Like, and you get the more behind the scenes stories Mm -hmm. of each movie. It's very good. Okay. The article continues. 
citing the bigger issue, a lack of oversight on script development. This is where Kevin Feige is getting spread a little thin. So many things are going on. Things are I'm sick of hearing that, by the way. Well, but it's true because things are getting so far. And I'll give cite an example in this next thing that before they get to him, that uh, it causes a lot of problems. For example, the whole She-Hulk thing where originally her transformation episode was in episode eight. And they're like, what are you doing? This should be in the first episode, uh, causing them to have to go and uh, some of the other episodes not get as much attention because now they're moving it up. But they should talks about Blade. This stuff is really interesting. And I don't know how much of this to believe. This is where it gets kind of bizarre and crazy. The project so far, as this article says, has gone through five writers, two directors, and one shutdown six weeks before production was supposed to start. Uh, it says in the article, one person familiar with the script permutation says that the story at one point morphed into a narrative led by women and filled with life lessons. Blade was relegated to the fourth lead. What? What the fuck? Uh, well, I, I mean, this isn't a, a hard problem to solve. Because the fact that they're blaming all of this on the fact that Kevin Feige spread too thin. And it, it, it just, it makes Kevin Feige like, like, like he's some kind of genius or something. But he is the one. But no, he's not. But it's just that they have all these other people working on Marvel movies that don't know shit about the comics and don't care about the comics. You solve this problem by going to a comic convention and going, hey, have you ever gotten laid? No? Okay, come work with us. You know everything <laughs> about these characters front and back. And then you fucking make some decisions on the movie. To stop hiring people who don't give a fuck and just want to check boxes. But this is this is not how it's, it's set up. It's not like Kevin Feige is like a genius. Like he just has a knowledge of the comic book characters and like, you know, knows how to aim it in a direction. It's just these people are off the rails. They're like the fact that they're allowing a, the writing of a movie like Blade to be like about life lessons and not about killing vampires. Yeah. It's like, okay, obviously they don't know what the fuck this, this comic is about. And so there you go. It's not Kevin Feige. It's just that you have a company full of people that need Kevin Feige. That's the problem. Yeah, but how many rugs, how many of those people, how many people, how many comic book fans are great writers that can write movies? How, I how, don't many, know. how many do you think there are in the industry? I mean, Kevin Feige was just a production assistant. Like he wasn't like this visionary person, you know. They, uh, I think they, I think you're down. I think you're downplaying him a little too much now. I no, I do. I don't really think that he is is the key to everything. I wouldn't but, say he's the key, but I don't. If you look at like so a lot of the people that got involved in some of these movies, I don't think a lot. Not all of them were Marvel fans coming in. I think that you the reason why that. These movies are so basically cut and paste and they're doing the same thing over and over again and they're getting this, the same results with, with like less returns every time is because they are just kind of doing what people they think that people want mm -hmm. instead of what is actually good. And so you need somebody who knows the difference between the two. And Who's I think, I think know? That, but that one person, I, I don't think fine. an out, I don't think an outsider, I mean, Kevin Feige. He wasn't a huge fan of the comic books, but like I think that he at least did enough reading and knowing and educating himself about what it was and surrounding himself with people who know what it was to get it off the ground. Yeah. Now, when Disney comes in, think about it. 
like Disney being involved is a big problem. Kevin Feige being spread thin is also a problem. But the problem is like Disney's not fortifying Marvel with people like Kevin Feige. They're not. They're they're not doing any of these things. They're like, okay, we're taking it over and we're doing what we want with it. And then that is the problem. And they keep hanging on fire. They're like, because they want you to believe in something. They want you to believe like the Messiah is going to come back and like solve all the problems for Marvel. It's not going to happen because it's basically that he doesn't have as much power as you think that he does. And I don't even think the changes he can, he can levy are going to be enough to turn things around. I, I, I I don't know. Well, so when Chapek was there, you know, Bob Iger had removed all this like bureaucratic oversight between Kevin Feige and Alan Horn, and he could go straight to him. So he didn't have to answer to anyone. Chapek added all that shit back in and made these different things. And some of that's still there. But Ruggs, how did we get here? This the way they have this studio set up. It is unique in the sense that Feige is the guy with the overall vision, the overall plan. And in the beginning, he was good. They they were doing him at a pace where he could direct look, each of the creators to follow this plan. And look it, at the movies that made that made Marvel. Iron Man, uh-huh. all right? There was no Disney involved. There right. were stripper poles in the fucking plane, yes, right? Yes. Uh uh you know, Iron Man actually had a persona that was different than every other persona. There was a uniqueness about it. There was an edginess to it. There was a smartness. There was like a kind of yeah, like but, whip smart but the ability. Winter Soldier, Guard. That argument falls flat. Winter Soldier, Guardians, The Avengers, Infinity War, Endgame. Those were all produced by Disney. Black Panther. Yeah, but, yeah and, and and as and they became more unlike Marvel in with every permutation. Like you have Hulk. Like not being Hulk in 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 and be putting put on the back burner for Thanos, pretty much. And then you like you have all these things that are happening that are like uncharacteristic, like during these movies and that are becoming more homogenous. So you know it's they were pulling from the comics still though. With Civil War, they had something to pull from the comics. They were still mining some of that stuff, but I think that by and large, as soon as they switched from the they switched Bob's. Yeah, it was off the rails. <laughs> well, that's but that was the problem is they started giving him things that he wasn't ready to do. He didn't really plan to do. And he's trying to 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 get everything to fit. I think he is the key. I think if you scale this shit back, give him some time to hang out with his creative buddies he and get that feeling you had in the beginning when you were stringing Are these characters together, get him hooked on a feeling, build these new characters and lead back up to kind of what you did. It's going to take time. But I think. He is a big How part do you of do it. that? How do you do that? How do you, you have, under Disney, under the envelope of Disney? Now, they just announced that Blade's going to be rated R. Yes, that the director said right? it's rated R. Also, Feige has hired Michael Green, the guy who wrote Logan, to start a new script. And in this article, they said that they, they want this movie to come out in 2025, and they're trying what to movie? make it uh, Blade. Blade. Oh, okay. 2025 on a budget of less than $100 million. Well, those are all steps in the right direction. Uh, which is it should be it's a street level movie you don't need a lot of cgi but i don't know if you limit- but I feel like it's also pr to like levy against this accusation that disney is ruining marvel it possibly so, yes so it's like okay no we're doing a rated r movie i'll jump what, in real quick hey, i think uh i think after having read that book too um i do think that they threw the the disney plus stuff on his plate and they started green lighting stuff 
way too quickly. And maybe this is some of Fahey's cockiness, mm-hmm. but they started, they made the TV shows like they do with the movies. Yeah. The lesson they learned from the movies is the director doesn't matter that much. As long as the director can play with us, it yeah. doesn't matter that much. And we'll just keep messing with it till the very end. We'll fix right? it in post. We'll is, fix, no, yes. we're always, no, we're every, it's a, not even we'll fix it in post. Is if we have a better it. idea, yeah. the philosophy was if we have a different idea and a better idea, we'll do it. We'll just, it we'll doesn't just matter do what it. the story is. If we have a new idea and it works, mm, we'll do it. Mm. But the TV show format yeah. is very much a showrunner format. Yeah. Where the writer has all will control over yeah. things, but in this, the way they did it was they're like the writer doesn't matter. We'll just rewrite it as we go along. Yeah. So we'll take the showrunner out of it and make it a director producer thing. Yeah. And that's why you start. That's why all the TV shows start off well. Yeah. And then they fart to the finish they because they're always redoing everything till the very end. Changing, yeah. So I think starting off is I think you got to cut back on the TV shows which they're doing. Yeah. You got to actually make TV shows. So you got to hire showrunners, which yeah. it looks like they're going to do. And then with the movies, you also got to cut. Like you can't, you can't greenlight every fucking thing. Yeah. And that's what I think they were just greenlighting everything because their philosophy was: if we have content out every week, people are going to be talking about Marvel all well, that, year round. That's what Bob Chapek wanted. He was like, "There, you, I always want a Marvel thing in the theaters or on TV at any point during but, but, the year." What happened is that it's too much. It was too much, and it was, it was bad much. too much. Yeah, yeah. So now it just became to the point where no one, like, we're coming up on the Marvels, and no one gives a fuck that the movie's coming out. Yeah, the quality control. Now has I, been can slipping. they unwind it? I, I, I like Fahey. I don't know if you can unwind. I don't. It's hard to put the fucking alcohol back in the bottle once you spill it all you out. Gotta slow your roll. Just slow your. So I don't know. I would, I'm, a, I'm, I'm in the middle. If they can do it, I think it can be done, but it's gonna take time. I would be fine with. Two, maybe I, three movies a year and like two TV shows. And even that like, might be too much. I feel like the only way this works is if it's lean. It's got to be lean. They got to take, get rid of all the, cut all the fat out. It just have Fai and and hire some people like Fai. I need, need Fai clones. We need people who have the same kind of knowledge, and understanding of the Marvel Universe and of the comics and the materials that are there. And they need to have some kind of, like, I think Favreau understands things. I really do. And yeah, uh, yeah. he's not going anywhere in that company for some reason. Uh, yeah. um, they're not promoting him to be in charge of anything. They gave he, him Star Wars. He's well, happy with his Star Wars. Well, According no, he's only, book, he's good. Yeah. Yeah. According to the book, he has, he wants nothing to do with making yeah. another Marvel Yeah. Movie. After Iron Man 2, he was done. He'll he'll act in them, but he right. hated the he hated the process of how they were changing things all around and yeah pushing him towards a deadline that he couldn't yeah. meet. It, oh, in it's yeah in the book it's so interesting because they took you know they took their time with the first one right. workshopping ideas they had years to put it together and the minute that hits it it gets big they're like okay we want another one we want it in two years in here's fact, the date they Go announced the date before they even asked him. And he reluctantly agreed, and he hated every second of the pressure of making Iron Man 2. Uh, that part was interesting. So anyways, back to Blade. There's a rumor from Jeff Snyder on the Joe Roca Hot Mike podcast mentioned the thing about him being a fourth lead. And he said he's heard that the executive that was supposed to sound the alarm, raise the red flag when the script got to that point, when the script was showing problems and didn't, was fired. He was let go. Because he didn't bring it to Faiji going, look, they're making this thing with Blade. And Mahershala Ali, I'm surprised he still wants to do this. 
Uh, I think he almost man, I, walked. Man, that 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 bullet point either is just insanity, or I have a hard time believing that you'd hire Maharshali and be like, "Oh, yeah, there's see? a script in progress that's going to make him the fourth lead." So there's another article where people are uh, casting doubt on this writer. She is, I think, she also wrote that Aquaman piece that was saying Momoa was drunk on set all the time. And so if this is a hit piece, this is very interesting. I don't know how much of this is true. She's gotten a lot of pushback from the things. Well, she listen, has regardless of what's going on is true. We have the other, the other proof of like, we don't like the movies, right? You're not doing well, right? So this doesn't even have to be true. None of this well, has it, to be actually, true. Honestly, I, I think some of it's a little, maybe a little crazy. Yeah. But, some of it does ring true if you read the entire book. <laughs> yeah, so hints of truth, some embellishment. There, some... No, there's, there's a lot of crossover where mm. with them putting out all the TV shows and all that. Like, I really think that the TV shows like was the start of their downfall. See, that's fucking Bob Chapin. The minute that I watched WandaVision and it had no implications, I was like, oh, well, that sucks. <laughs> And I was like, well, what the fuck is this? What is this? Is this really the Marvel Universe or is it like Marvel Universe TV? Like, what is it? Light. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Here's the other big bit people are talking about. The article says that there have been talks to bring back the original gang for an Avengers movie. Never happening. Apparently, Downey Jr. and Chris Evans, other articles saying they have agreed to come back for a movie. Other articles saying that's not true. And... If you bring Robert Downey Jr. back, he's going to want like 40, 50 million fucking dollars. Yeah, he's going to be expensive. He's going to be very expensive. Now, is this a good idea or a bad idea? I'm torn on this one. I hate it. Because it, it reeks a slight desperation. It's, it's desperation. I, I hate I, There has to be, you'd have to wait year. Uh, it, that'd be a horrible decision. How do you make it organic? That's a short term. That is a band aid. Well, that yeah, it's a band aid. In the Spider Man movie. In No Way Home, they did it, and they somehow did it. It was a crowd pleaser. So well, though, but those characters weren't like Andrew Garfield's character never got a send off in his movies. Tobey Maguire before was in produ- was about to make Spider Man four, right? And yeah, like those characters never really were sent off. Yeah. You had Tony Stark had have an epic line where he dies. Yeah, and Chris Evans and Chris Evans gets a final dance yeah. with like, don't do that. So don't ruin a perfect ending. Don't ruin. I mean, just. Now I'm going to sound like rugs. Just bring in. You have a laundry list of characters. Just make good movies that's with the, these new characters. Yeah, that's the other thing is shuts the doors on any new characters saying none of that's going to work. We got to go back. But on the other hand, in the comics, these characters uh, are alive for many, many years and they are into integral. Do you bring them back as a recast? Bringing back the originals seems a little desperate. It just seems so desperate. It seems like it would be the equivalent of comics of being like, uh, we killed this character, we killed Superman, we bring him back twenty issues later. Yeah, yeah, but they—that's what—that's comics. But they do that. They, they do, do that, that comics, shit all right? the but, time. Nobody's but that's, but that's not the good. That's that's the bad part of comics, in my opinion. When they get desperate yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah, that, that that's the lazy part of comics. When you kill yeah. someone and bring them back, when you reset or, a timeline, or, or when you them. recast someone as yeah. like when you have a Green Lantern and then you make them. Middle Eastern, because now you want to do that. But there needs to be like a Captain America, an Iron Man, a Thor in this universe. Or do you find that make the new characters the heart? You still have, you know, you could use Spider-Man, Doctor Strange. They had legacy characters. You had Rhodey. 
Yeah. You know, to take up uh the you know the mantle of Iron Man. Yeah. They didn't do that. Yeah. Really. They they're doing they Riri. Made, yeah. Yeah, they 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 gave they basically made him a uh a cripple. Yeah. And they started talking about Riri. Yeah. Yep. So there you know you have Captain America, who's gone, and you, you have another legacy character that he's going to get over. his chance. Yeah, but um, you know, they could do that, but whatever. But do we love these characters as much as the original? Do we get to spend enough time? With no, them, we don't. Right? We don't love them as much. No, but that's I think, what you got to get. To. But I don't, I don't think that's that's not that doesn't solve the problem. No. Well, okay, you have to do the work to solve the problem. So you don't you don't get to you don't get to you get to you don't get to cover. It's like a shortcut. Yeah, you don't yeah. have this. You don't have like blood stained all over the wall and then just covered up with white paint. It's still yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. That's not going to solve the root of the issue. I do like the last paragraph of this uh, article. How it's, often did you read? How many times did you read the article and run? A couple of times. I just took notes. <laughs> he says this guy Jason Squire, a professor emeritus at USC School of Cinematic Arts, and he has a movie podcast. He says writing the Marvel obituary would be ill advised. Kevin Feige is the Babe Ruth of movie executives, and Marvel has the most profitable track record in movie history. No question. Look, the fact is, Feige brought this 32 franchise, 20, 30 billion dollar, the biggest movie franchise ever. He built this on his vision, and the not only does he know the comic source material, more importantly, he knows the movie industry. He knows what audiences kind of want. He sees the big picture. He knows how to adapt the shit to give people what they want. I do think he is the key in all this. So let me ask you a couple of questions. No. Is the key to reinvigorating this, will the X-Men of Fantastic Four, could that be the turnaround if they execute that properly? It'll help, but keep in mind, Iron Man wasn't a thing, really. Guardians wasn't. It doesn't necessarily need to be the heavy hitters. Yeah. Just needs to be good. They just need to make they need just so I can slow down and make better movies. Yeah. Good movies. Yeah. Yeah. They could certainly but X Men, but that being said, X if you make an awesome Fantastic Four or an awesome X Men, it can certainly be huge. give you a little bit of a shortcut. Yeah. Be huge. Well, as as we're watching all this TV, we're watching uh the boys, we're watching Gen V, we're watching Invincible. We're watching all these superhero shows, and uh, like Invincible is great. Yeah, I don't have no, I don't have any idea what's happening. Yeah, but it's different, yeah. right? It's got its own thing going, and it's different, and it, it it it's operating in its own world, and it's making itself important. Um, these like uh, these these series are played by so many different problems, and. Yes, there's plenty of characters in the Marvel universe and there's plenty of stories to do that are would be cool to see. But I really don't have the belief that they're going to do them justice. So uh I feel like they're always going to compromise and do a half measure. And even with Fantastic Four, even with Doctor Doom, they're not going to make him the Doom that we all know. There's going to be it's going to be some half measure of Doctor Doom. Doom is a big part of Secret Wars. He should be in that movie. Right, of course. But I don't know. It's just to me, they, they, they don't know what they're doing. They got. So, and what about they? They're leaving shit hanging. Like Shang Chi was fun. Where the fuck? Yeah, leave, leaving him hanging. When are we gonna see him again? They got, they, they got the Eternals. Ten motherfucking people in that movie. 
Um, yeah, there, there was. What a, about um, any of that? There There's was a, a fucking uh, creature with this yeah. hand sticking out of the earth. What about that? Yeah, th- so, there was a. Uh, I saw a YouTube video. Full fat videos made that point where it was like the reason why we got to love these characters is you saw them often, right? So yeah. you saw so ta- saw Tony Stark, Iron Man, in six or seven movies within eight years, right? You yeah. saw Iron Man or you saw Captain America in like four or five movies within eight years or six yep. years, right? Yep. yep. Like you know, you but like Shang Chi, you make a movie. We have no idea when the sequel is. Yeah. Doctor Strange's sequel. Yeah. To his original was like six years after, right? You're just not seeing them as often because they're green lighting everything. Yeah, and, but and plus the characters are were better. Like Tony Stark is this super smart yeah, dude yeah. who is like full of himself and arrogant, and then you have uh, Steve Rogers who's like this goody two shoes virgin, you know, probably doesn't like have. And then you got Thor, a drunk fucking, you know, they're they're, they're all different. And they all have their own like qualms and they're all uh, and their things and mm-hmm. like these new characters don't have that and they have to put that into it and um, I don't know I just feel like I feel like they need to know what they're doing I, I, without repeating themselves. Well, I would have thought they would have been like, okay, let, let's focus. Here's six characters. This is the next whole phase. Let's focus on making individual movies. No, but the thing is, the TV in. shows. And then, but the TV shows, and then they're doing like Agatha shows and doing more spinoffs off the spinoffs, and the TV shows went a little crazy. But you have established so many characters that I want to see again, and there seems to be no plan uh, of how you're going to use this. Like, do you think X Men is going to save Marvel? The Marvel Universe? It might, it might. But I think if they look back and use the Moon Knight and Shang Chi and these new characters properly moving forward. You can build something, and as we'll talk about with this uh, next, the trailer that they put out, they're kind of starting to put these in different buckets there, right? But finally, I just want to end with this, with the question that Variety posed on the cover. Is Marvel in trouble? What do you guys think? I think so, yeah. You think so? They're already, they've been in trouble. They've been in trouble, but I don't think it's not fixable. I don't, I think there's a way back. I don't think it's as bad as DC. It's nowhere near that bad. If you're going to compare it. No, it's not. No, definitely not as bad. But still, I mean, you've been talking about it for weeks. The Marvel's going to open to record lows. So that it's, that's trouble. Well, even if we're coming off Secret Wars or not Secret Wars. What's that movie or the TV show? Secret Secret Invasion. Invasion. Yeah. That is not good. I feel like unless they do something drastic and very undisney like and if they're sticking to this way of doing things, um, I don't think that's uh, the changes. There's going to be a change, but I don't think it's going to be enough because they've already given us the greatest stuff already. Yeah. And you get uh, uh, lightning in a bottle. You'll say whatever you want to say. Like it was like a, a thing that was new and, and whatever. Um. They have to make something that's great, something that's riveting, something that's going to be like when we sh- when we all sat there and we were like, House of the Dragon's going to be dick. We're not going to watch that yeah, sucks. Yeah, yeah. And then we all got sucked in when Andor came on and we we're yeah. like, no one wants to watch it. And all of a sudden that shit was so good. They need something like that. Yeah. They need to all, do something like story. that. It's all story. I think it can be fixed. And I think, Anthony, you said it. They got to just fucking slow their roll. Take your time. Man, focus on a couple things at a time. Make them good. Uh, it is going to cost them profits, and the you know the Disney heads are not going to like that production is slowed down. But Bob Iger is like, we got it's costing them money, so find a compromise. 
Try to make a hundred million dollar movie. Even that, I, I find I th- questionable. I think I saw. I think I saw though that they were like, we're we're not releasing stuff for you know. We're gonna their their whole mantra now is to slow it down. So and not I just think speed, not yeah. just conveyor belt all this, all these things. And I mean, I think they're fine. You know, the TV thing that took them three years to figure this out is alarming. But I think they finally are. They know they're aware, and it's going to take another fucking five years to fix it, though. But it can be fixed. Listener, you could join this conversation. Let us know. Do you think Marvel is in trouble? How do they fix it? Join our Facebook group. It's called Jock and Nerd Nation. They better Jock fix it. We won't have a podcast. Well, we'll just I'm switch kidding. to we'll be all Godzilla movie podcast. And action movies. And yeah. Action, yeah, we'll just do action movies. We, we and comedy. Well, we could pivot easily. But they better fix it because I love my Marvel. Uh <laughs> join the Facebook group. Link in the episode description. It is a closed exclusive group just for you. Okay. On the heels of that, Marvel released the first trailer for the Echo Disney Plus show. Talking about Shows that maybe weren't necessary. Echo, of course, spinning out of what was that? Was it Hawkeye? No, Hawkeye. Yep, it was Hawkeye. Yes, Hawkeye. Um, before uh, we get into the trailer, here's a, uh, a couple of things about the show. There's five episodes. All of them will be released January 10th. Now, there's a couple of firsts. A lot of firsts for this show. It is the first Marvel Studios show that will debut simultaneously. On Disney Plus and Hulu. That's crazy. It is the first Marvel TV show that will have every episode available all at once. It is the first Marvel show that is rated TVMA. I like that. Is it boobs? No. I like that. It is the first project (laughs) under the new banner that they are calling Marvel Spotlight, which will feature more grounded characters and stories that you don't have to do a lot of homework. You don't have to watch all the stuff to get it. And that's also used to be an anthology series in the 70s and 80s. Marvel Spotlight uh, debuted, I believe, Ghost Rider and Spider-Woman in Marvel Spotlight. And it is the first superhero series to center on a deaf and Native American character. Uh, and I think a lot of us were like, we don't need this show. What is this show? And this trailer has showed us Vincent D'Onofrio, a quick shot of Daredevil in the red suit, Anthony, I want to know, yep. watching this trailer, how are you feeling about the show? What did you see in this trailer? Yeah, I was one of those that was definitely like, we. I have no interest in Echo. I don't need a show. Why are they doing this? And then it was further compounded by the fact that it seemed like, to me, you're releasing this all in one drop. Right. That does not seem like that, a good That's sign. not a good sign. Yeah. You would want to build on it week by week, right? Like, yeah. if you If you released... Um, WandaVision all in one drop. You wouldn't have had that buzz you had week to week, yeah, right? Yeah. So, all that to say was not yeah, anticipating this at all. That being said, I saw the I saw someone say this, and I agree. Maybe this fucking thing is Andor because that trailer was pretty good. This trailer is that trailer. Very that good. trailer was pretty good, and yeah. it for for the first time I was like, oh, this thing has like its own tone to it like there's they're going for something here i don't know if it's gonna be good but it's a fucking well-cut trailer with yeah, some vi- go ahead very good yeah trailer was very good very well cut violence made me give a shit and you throw in like there was some good like you had the street level stuff but yeah. then you tossed in the native american imagery yeah. and yeah i was like oh this is kind of this feels different so i was pleasantly surprised i hope it's like the andor of of 
shit where yeah. no one wants it and yeah. then you release it and you're like holy shit this thing was good so that's, well, that's great you you have low expectations yeah and yeah. then they surpass them right yeah so and that's that's exactly what you want and i'm hoping that this is what it is i tell you yeah this fucking so. trailer turned me around on this show Geek boner. this looks amazing you see the tvma there's people getting shot in the head she's snapping next i love the beginning where the ice cream guy is making fun of her and Wilson Fisk, the hot dog guy. Oh, the hot dog guy just beats the <laughs> shit out of him, bloodies him up in front of her, and they show it's it. Kind of similar to the scene in Daredevil where he yes. the guy's head off with a car door. With that car door. You see him in the white suit, and then at the end, you see he's got an eye patch on because spoilers. At the end of the Hawkeye, she shot him in the eye in the face. Uh, but I was like, wow, wow, this looks about, like I'm now. I'm really into this. I can't wait. Turn me around. And the fact that it's on Hulu, too, and it's a TVMA, and they're starting to test the boundaries for their Daredevil show. And it's one of those where you have to set put your settings on a certain oh, way. Oh, your parental, yeah, your parental settings. I like that, that they're digging into the violence and the grittiness, and Blade's going to be R-rated. Deadpool's going to be R-rated. I think this is a good test for what the Daredevil show could be. And five episodes, not a lot. We'll see how this story plays out, but... Holy shit, this looks great. I'm I'm on I'm on board. Like after that article, and then I saw this, I'm like, wait a minute, this looks fucking good now. It was unexpected. Yeah. Absolutely. That helps. Yeah. You know what what also was nice to see is most of these trailers, when they cut them, they'll end on they would have ended on like the Daredevil shot. And right. like, oh, Daredevil's yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. Like you should watch it. Yeah. But this one, they just kind of threw it in. And if you yeah. weren't paying attention, you didn't know, wouldn't even have noticed. Absolutely. It's a thing. blink and you'll miss it like half a second blurry fucking scene. And I was like, oh, there's Daredevil. But they didn't focus on him. Uh, but this relationship between Wilson Fisk and uh, what's her name on the show? Echo? Maya? Echo. Maya. Uh, this I find fascinating. It, like he raised her and she is she going to be a good guy? Is she going to be a villain? She conflicted. Uh man. All right. That's great. All right. Let's move on to the next trailer. Uh Anthony, you this one maybe tickled you a little bit. Uh Kingdom, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes puts out a teaser trailer. Uh this one being directed by West Ball, continuing Matt Reeves' storyline. And it looks like we're getting closer to the original Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes timeline. What'd you think yeah. of this? What'd you think of the CGI and and what we see? Looks fucking good. I, I didn't great too. Didn't expect. I forgot this movie was even being made. Yeah, I was perfectly fine with ending the modern ape story where it's at. But I saw this trailer and I'm like, this looks good too. I'm down to see this. Dude. I think it's about um, who's the kid's name? Caesar it's Caesar's Cornelius. Kid. Cornelius. Caesar's yeah, Caesar's son. Yeah, that shot where the fucking bird flies in and lands on his arm is fucking awesome. Like the, these these apes look amazing. Well, the, the, the shot where the, he's confronting the gorilla and he has like a light up glow stick. Oh, yeah. What is that weapon? I don't know what that's going on yeah. there, but that's a cool shot. I mean, there's just a lot of this is the um, the reboot of an old franchise that no one asked for that is like surpassing anything that they used to do. In back it's like in the, the 60s sleeper. Yeah. yeah. Like this is this is just unexpectedly good all the time. And I'm I'm I know it's Matt, not Matt Reeves, but yeah. the trailer is also very well done. Rugs, what do you think of this one? Geek Boner, Floppy Chuck? No, I'm completely into it. I, I'm going to check it out. Uh, I like Planet of the Apes. I like what they've done with them so far. They've all had a good serious tone, and they tried to actually make them 
cinema and not just like popcorn movies. So, uh, yeah, they have a little bit of heft, a little bit of weight to them. And uh, they have something to say. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited for these these Planet of the Apes films if they continue to make them. I just don't know this director. I don't know what he's done. West- Maze Runner. Oh, Maze Runner. Yeah, the so, Maze Runner trilogy. Yeah, so that's the only thing, I guess, that's like, working against it. But, um, but yeah, let's see what happens. You never know. How do they teach those apes to ride horses? It's fucking amazing. <laughs> so there's no Andy Circus in this. Who's doing the mocap, right? Uh, maybe he is doing some. Is that, is, did you steal that line from Shang Chi? That was from Shang. That was yeah. Trevor. Remember Trevor, <laughs> Trevor. And I guess that that ape at the end is the bad guy, tyrant. There's a new tyrant who wants to take over. And I like how the the humans are feral. They're like pets. And yeah, this this fucking looks amazing too. When is this coming out? Uh, what's it? it's going to be May twenty. It's a May, Memorial, Memorial Day, Day weekend, 2024. 2024. Not yet rated. Okay, let's move on to a trailer for a movie that's coming out very soon. That's already out in Japan. Godzilla minus minus one put out a second trailer coming out in the States December 1st. There is a fan event November 29th if you want to see it early. Uh, Rugs, let's start with you this time. How excited are you for minus one? And when did you like this trailer? Well, I've liked all the trailers. They're all just various degrees of the same trailer. They're just expanding the footage or seeing like the one of the best things that you see in this trailer is that Godzilla is like swimming and uh, following a ship and they're firing at That's, him yeah. like, into his face. And then the blue the, spikes coming out in succession on his back. Yeah, so when he can do his, uh, that his shit is cool. atomic ray that shoots out of his mouth. He's smashing battleships and getting fired point blank by fucking battleship guns. Yeah, it feels cool because they, they shrunk him down for this movie. Oh, he's smaller, is he? So he could be like a little bit more because he interacts with the humans in this movie. Like, I think from the general ideas, what I heard about this film, it's like he's very intent on killing people. Yeah. Like, like, like actually destroying, like smashing, stomping like he usually does. But in the other Godzilla movies, he's kind of like so big. It's like people are like, like literally like. He doesn't even notice the people. He's biting trains and shit. It's great. But here he's a little bit smaller, so it's almost fat, like fathomable that he notices individual people. Oh, yeah. And like kind of like King Kong. Yeah. You know, King Kong notices people. You, you know, make eye contact and, with them. Yeah. yeah. So um, yeah, he, he can read sign language. <laughs> and um, so, yeah, I think it's a little different. But like, yeah, so it's, it, it makes it more interactive, more. It, it's it's cool. So I'm, I'm psyched for this. Anthony, comment. I'm going to talk about what Wild Bill or Big Action Bill, who's on YouTube, who does a lot of Godzilla stuff. Oh, yeah. It's out in Japan and it opened he, huge. He went and there. saw it. Yeah. He went and saw it in Japan and he doesn't really speak Japanese. So, oh, uh, yeah. So his review was interesting, but he basically said, and I guess, and he prefaced by saying, I don't want to be a victim of the moment. But he also said, there's people out there that will probably think this is the best Godzilla movie ever. Oh, shit. Um, he did echo what Ruggs is saying in that in this movie, I, I don't I don't know his size. I didn't know that, but that would make sense. But they he did say that in this movie, a lot of times Godzilla is portrayed as like a, just a force of nature, like a hurricane, you know, something that just happens. But in this, he actively is trying to kill people. Like he sees people and he's like, uh, like he wants to. I'm going to eat you. 
Wow. Yeah, it's like he just walked into his apartment. There was cockroaches everywhere. He's just right. stomping like, them up. these guys. Yeah, what are you guys doing right. here? So the, there's a veracity to him. Oh, I like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm also excited for this movie. It does look good. The trailers look good. The CGI, for the most part, looks better than what you would expect out of other countries. You know, I think the CGI game is stepping up. You even, you know, if you look at uh, RRR. Yeah. It's not horrible yeah, that movie. Yeah. It's actually okay for whole animals. So it's not bad. Yeah, yeah. So as long as it's okay and they have a, if it's a good Godzilla design. Yeah, you know, I think. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited for this as well. Speaking of CGI, on Netflix, there's Our Planet or something. It's called Oh, Living yeah. on Our Planet or yeah. something like that. Yeah, it, it's like dinosaurs and shit. I shit you not. It's some of the best CG I've ever seen. Holy shit! Really? It looks fucking real. Wow. I would check like, that out. There are like the the saber tooth tigers, you could tell. Yeah. But like when they do lizards, yeah. Like and like there was like a scene where there was like uh like some kind of amphibian coming out of the water. I'm like, oh that looks like a fucking real thing. Like I wouldn't even think that that's CGI. Wow. And so like uh, yeah, the birds look real too. Uh I think they just have trouble with mammals. But um, it's very good. Like, I mean, there's no hair. The, it's easier when there's no hair, I guess, and there's scales. Yeah, because you know? there's a lot of things moving around. Yeah, first. I mean, but uh, dude, it's far CG. It's some of the best I've ever seen. Damn. Is it Richard Attenborough so, narrating? No. But it's it just came out. And okay. it's like it's like a mini series about dinosaurs and shit uh, with Morgan Freeman narrating. Uh, I'm Morgan Freeman. Uh, yes. This uh, minus one debuted this past Friday in Japan and made three million dollars. It's the biggest opening day for a Godzilla movie, apparently, and then it opened IMAX, and that was also huge. So, it's there are for initial reactions out there, and it's doing really good over there. So, we have to go see this. Okay, last trailer to discuss. This one's kind of fun. Uh, Anthony, you ever heard of this show from the eighties called The Fall Guy? No, I was wondering why you included this. I love this show. My dad and I will watch it. It starred Lee Majors, Heather Thomas, who's a hot 80s actress. Uh, it ran from 1981 to 1986 about a stunt guy who had to who moonlight as a bounty hunter and had to get people. And during the day, he was a stunt man. And Lee Majors, because he was, used to be the $6 million man, and this was his role after that. And I used to love this show, and I didn't know they were remaking this uh, into a movie starring Ryan Gosling, Emily Blunt, directed by David Leach. Uh, and I wanted to check out the trailer. And it's a, it's a it looks like a fun action comedy. Rugs, did you ever watch The Fall Guy? Do you have any? any? Oh, yeah, definitely. I can watch it for Heather Thomas. Yeah, Heather much. Thomas was, 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 was hot. Like, okay, She's going to be a bikini in this episode. Okay, great. Yeah. <laughs> She's going to be in lingerie this episode. Okay, do it again. That was a good reason um, to watch. Uh, Lee Majors, yeah, he was fucking the bionic man, yeah, dude. He could right. fucking lift up cars and shit. And um, so now this, yeah, he was he had aged out of that role, and now he was just like this, like kind of like old, battered up stunt man, yeah. like basically being like a, a gun for hire type person. It's great because he had a gut. He wasn't really in shape, and he was like, but he was like the hero. He was the, but he knew all about stunts though, yeah, and he would yeah. use that sometimes. Yeah. He like set up, set up the bad guy sometimes. What do you think Using, of this remake here with the Gosling? It was hot. It's more sexy. <laughs> it's more sexy. Emily Blunt's great, too. They seem to have yeah. great chemistry. It, yeah. So, I don't know. This doesn't look like it's the show. This is like looks like what happens before the show. Oh, how he becomes this guy. Yeah. yeah. I think how it's how he becomes the fall guy. Like, he gets this is his first, first time that 
someone's asked him to go out and use uh, his skills to like do something, and then he's like, "Yeah, I like this. I'm gonna keep doing it." Anthony, did you watch this trailer? What did you think? I of did. What did you think overall? It, it, to be honest, it looked pretty fun as right. well. Yeah. Um, it, it's 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 basically just a stunt guy that gets involved in some shit, and he's like using his stunt skills to get out of this shit uh, is or is? to solve crimes or to find people yeah. or help people. Yeah. Kind of yeah, look pretty fun. Yeah. I mean, it looks definitely Hollywood. The Hollywood eyes as if that's a word, whatever yeah. the show was in the eighties. Yeah. And put, put hot people and big stunts and comedy and looks well shot. So yeah, look pretty good. Oh, so yeah, I guess he has to, he has to find a movie star that's missing and uh, she, she works with him. Well, doesn't he come across a dead body? That's what it is. Oh, that's right. They, he, she, he finds the movie star and he's going to, then it's like a mystery. So yeah, it was a procedural, you know, one hour action show. But if this is big for him, they could, this could be a huge franchise. They can make a ton of these. Uh, and uh, it's just nostalgia. It's good old nostalgia. Uh, so that's coming out also March 1st of next year. Uh, okay, let's take a break here. I'm going to play some promos, and we're going to come back and talk about Superhero College and how fucked up it is <laughs> right after this. <laughs> after these messages, we'll be right back. What's up, Jock and Nerd Nation? This is Logan at Mostly Superheroes, a podcast that was partly inspired by the Jock and Nerd podcast. We talk about a lot of the same stuff, MCU, DC Heavy, with other content that comes out of HBO Max, Amazon Prime, Netflix, and more. We're committing to doing something new every day in 2021, so come join the fun, check out the schedule. Find us at MostlySuperheroes.com and enjoy the rest of the show. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. I see the potential for basically like another Netflix kind of paradigm shift where here comes this other major player. They have a ton of resources. Apple could change the way that entertainment is consumed. They say it's the only time this year that you'll have stars from each brand battling each other. And we know it's not going to be the case, but they like to say that and more power to them, I guess. Well, it's a big first step bringing all those superheroes together. There were definitely some parts of the movie that I that I really enjoyed. And then there were some parts that I thought just kind of fell short of expectation. Part of it has to be something to do with how it's being promoted. And this is a thing where audiences do not agree with critics. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse, every week on Apple Podcasts. And over a dozen of your favorite streaming and podcasting options. Listener, if you enjoy Anthony whispering in your ear and this podcast, join our fan club. Visit jockandnerd.com slash Patreon. Jockandnerd! Where you can give, give back... And whisper back to Anthony. Whisper sweet nothing. He's doing his yin yang twins right now. <laughs> Let me whisper in here. He's the he's my, the send dog to my be real insane in the brain. You gotta what say the in the hell? brain. That's Cypress Hill. Sorry, yeah, call back guy. Send dog was the hype guy, but he also rapped. Mm. Anyways, join did he whisper. No, he didn't. No, he didn't whisper. He yelled. But it sounded every time send dog said the callback, it sounded like he was taking a shit. He was like, in the <laughs> like he's like he was just stressing, yeah, pushing. Um, on our Patreon, though, you, there's no Cypress Hill, but there is cool stuff. Like you get access to an exclusive podcast feed where the shows come out early. There's bonus content, bonus material, instant reactions. We'll have instant reactions to the Marvels up as soon as we see the movie this week. Before we review it, you can listen to it there. 
You can hang out with us on our monthly Discord. This month is November 16th, 8 p.m. That's next week, next Thursday. Uh, and also, you can pick any movie for us to review. Lots of other fun things. And we appreciate your support. Keeps the show going. Jockinner.com slash Patreon. Okay, let's get into this week's review. We are reviewing season one of the boys spinoff show on Amazon. Gen V. Here's your spoilers. Strap yourselves in, you fucks. Spoiler time. This show, just like the boys, based on the boys comics by Garth Ennis and illustrated by Derek Robertson, I believe is the guy's name. Uh, and this one is a uh, spinoff. Uh, you know what? I'm, we'll go over the cast as we talk about the show. Uh, but Anthony, yes. you binged this all because you were behind. And thank you for doing that. No problem. <laughs> Can't, give us a quick uh, what happens uh, in this season of Gen V there. What's well, the first season? Yeah. And it is about um, these soups that are college aged that get sent to a superhero school to learn about all the different things that soups can do in this world, whether it be PR or crime fighting. <laughs> There's not a- While they're in school, it focuses on a, a specific group, um, mainly the main character being Marie Monroe. Was that her name? Monroe. Marie Monroe. M- Marie Monroe, who wants to. Become a, a superhero because she to atone for some of the dark things she's done in her past, and all these characters have some dark stuff going on in, with them, and they uncover a secret that's happening at uh, Golovkin, 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 you, Golovkin, you, that will unravel everything they think they know about the school. Of course, because it's run by Vought, and Vought is a shady motherfucker. And, and, and the inciting incident is one of the. The, the basically the the number one kid in the school the the, the one that has it all on paper yeah. kills himself and that's this incites this mystery that needs to be unraveled yeah all right well uh, why don't you start us out you just binged it what did you think of the show overall and then we can get into some fun stuff yeah I uh, I I binged it and I I was having trouble starting the show I watched two episodes but. Was just having trouble getting in a rhythm. Imran forced me to binge it, which actually was a good thing. Nice. Um, yeah. What can I say? I think Gen V, similar to the boys, is just it's just awesome. It's just a great show. It had me wrapped in the mystery of it all. What was going to happen? The the kind of the shades of gray of all the characters. Like I didn't really know where things were going. Yeah. And by the end. I could see the viewpoints of different characters and it was going all sorts of ways. You know, you, the bad guys seem to be the um, Shetty and her running the school the way she is. But then the bad guy becomes Kate. And then, yeah, but then Kate, I can understand Kate and there's just yeah. so many layers. And then they, they, they do a good, really good job of layering in the allegories to real life and, you know, binge eating disorders and suicide and feeling left out in college and sex. And then they have the gross out stuff. They just, they seem to have the right blend of everything where in lesser hands, this could just be a gross out show. Yeah. That just trolls everyone and, and, and subverts everything just to do that. But they don't do that. They, they do it, but they don't, it's not the, it's not what the show hangs its hat on. So overall, it doesn't have like a message message. Yeah. Like yeah. they just kind of like touch on little things. Yeah. You know, they it's there, 
but it's not intrusive. You're actually more wrapped up on in the mystery mm-hmm. and what's uh, what they're uncovering than like what is it like what statement what really are they mean? making? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it so and that makes it enjoyable to watch because you do want to know what happens and you do want to get invested in these characters okay, and yeah. And there are shades of gray and there's layers. So like, yeah. So like it has that going for it. And um, I was very entertained watching it as well. I fucking love this show. I thought it was amazing. Um, Like you said, great fleshed out characters. You really get to know them. The cast is also really good. Great performances. The world building in this boys universe and pulling in things that we've seen from the boys also fantastic. The satire of like college sports, superheroes, capitalism. Uh, they managed to take a very common trope of the superhero school, you know, that we've seen in X-Men and Harry Potter Umbrella Academy. There's so many of these, but they use it so well. And it kind of is the boys like season three and a half because it, it at the end it directly. I feel like it's going to lead into the fourth season of the boys making this a necessary watch now. If you are following the boys, like you kind of have to watch this uh, to get caught up. But this show has everything. It's got a tiny girl on a big dick. It's got a big naked woman. Uh, the same woman. The same woman. It's got a cock exploding. It's got cock explosions. It's got puppet, violent puppet massacre and puppet sex. That's right. It's got body parts exploding. But like you said, Anthony, it's all like built to serve the story. And while it is, every episode had a holy shit fucking shock moment. It's all to further the story and to further the characters. Like Sam is like probably the most fucking powerful. I want to see him and Homelander go at it. Jesus Christ. Uh, So I I loved all of it from the beginning. From I want to talk about the characters. Marie Moreau, her tragic origin story in the first episode is phenomenal because you kind of see it coming but then the way they did it you're just like holy shit that's some trauma and they keep cutting back to it too so like it makes the trauma even worse you know she kills her parents the day she has her first period realizing she can control her blood and the way she learns to control her powers throughout the the season is also great growth and fantastic and organic and really well done yeah, I mean every every character like I at first when they debuted um what you call the the girl that can be a guy oh jo- uh, Jordan Jordan yeah, yeah I, at first I was like oh this character is kind of whatever yeah and then throughout the season you you go oh I I like Jordan like Jordan's a cool character yeah I like I like what's going on with them you know they have this gender identity thing going on they don't really but they don't it's not. They they touch on things, they, but it's it, they it's they were a good character. Kate was a well layered character. Um, Andre, like even Andre, right? Like Andre is supposed to be kind of the the, the good guy in yeah, all of this. Yeah, and then you know three quarters of the way through the show, he's been cheating on, or I'm, he's been yeah. part of Kate cheating on his but he's been fucking his best friend's girlfriend. Yes, like right, yes. like so, like none of these characters are all. They're not one hundred percent good or bad. They're just layered, and they have they but they have these superhero. They all have something going on, right? So like Marie is trying to make up for killing her parents and finding um, her sister and proving her and sister, her sister she's not right. a monster, right? And then um, Emma, little cricket, is 
going through freaking an eating disorder. Yes. And but wants to like is trying to live up to her mom, like her mom's expectations. And then Andre's trying to live up to his, his dad's dad, expectations. Polarity, of him. And he has the and, same and yeah. Kate is has is like the Phoenix Force. Yes, and she also like she told her little brother to get lost and caused him to to right. die or get away. So she's got trauma in the past. And then and then Jordan, you know, is dealing with gender identity and just wants a, her his their dad just wants them to be a dude. Yeah, their parents are not comfortable with his powers. And the, I just love and, and Jordan wants to Jordan really gives a fuck about being number one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The ranking system, like in college sports and shit, you want to rank up and get the votes. That's fascinating. Um, Jordan's relationship with Marie. Uh, like, I did. Did you ever get the feeling that she was into him more as a dude or a girl? I like I think she liked him either way. Like, that was fascinating. Yeah, she liked him. She was liking him either way. Yeah, him either way. But, but the, then you have like the stuff with. Then you get real dark, you know. You have the period blood, or you have the the psychic that one oh, of the psychics Rufus that blacks is, them out. Yeah, Rufus that roofies them basically. Yeah, his rape date raping girls, and she blows his cock off, she blows his dick off. Is amazing. Um, uh, back to Emma. Imagine you have a superpower, but to use it, it is the most fucking horrible experience that you have to vomit, and it's the only way you can actually use your superpower. It would not make it fun. And then at the end, you notice. I think she realized that. If she just releases her emotions, she can shrink. Like, did, did you notice that quick shot in that right. last episode? Like, she was small, and then she got to eat to get big. Um, yeah, when she reveals it to that girl, and the girl live streams her whole fucking thing, and they're all laughing at her. Uh, you know, you've, you've been through these things in college, being the outcast or being gossiped about. Now let's talk about Luke, Golden Boy. The old series starts with him. Uh, as the big man on campus, the number one star, and he kills Clancy Brown. Played by... This is Patrick Schwarzenegger. This yeah. is a Schwarzenegger Shriver. Oh, was it? That was yeah. Luke, yes. Oh, shit. That's Arnie's Arnold. little son Arnie's there. Arnie's kids all grown Arnie up. Arnie Maria Shriver's son. He's good, oh. too. I thought he did a good job. He comes back in flashbacks to Sam and... A lot skinnier, though. I don't know. He needs to put up some muscle. I mean, I do think he's got pressure to bulk up. Who's <laughs> like, you're lifting, boy. You lifted. Yeah, that's Patrick Schwarzenegger. That was Patrick Schwarzenegger, uh, which is like the other cast. Of, they're all largely newbies, but they all did a great job in their roles. I thought everyone uh, nailed it. Kate, I, I didn't know to trust Kate from the beginning. I was like, I even at the end when she fucking kills Dean Shetty at the end of the episode, and they come back. I was like, is this all in their mind? Is she fucking with them? But then that episode where they get trapped in her head in her memories, fucking Soldier Boy. Shows up yeah. was hilarious. His lines were, I wrote them down here. Hold on. Where, where are talk, they? Some, talking about like coming back home to him and the pillow or whatever. Well, he was her, uh, yeah, little fantasy yeah. boy. Yeah. He goes, I taught her how to jerk off. And he goes, Diddle, that's good old flick the bean, how to find the man in the canoe. <laughs> and then later he goes, Knock, knock, who's there? Go fuck your face. <laughs> oh, it's so good. It's so good. And then they go through all their memories and stuff is revealed. That was a fantastic episode. Every episode I thought was getting better and better. They just do a good job of writing a show where every episode ends in a way that you want to watch the next one. And the yeah, plot, that's what the I plot, thought too. The plot is just so enthralling. Like, yeah. I had no idea what I was watching when I first started the show. I didn't know what we were going to get. And all of a sudden, it's this dark mystery of like, like the cabal underneath the fucking school doing this weird shit, and it just had me 
roped in. Like it, the show is really just a like a mystery show. Yeah. Why why do you think it works so well? Because um well obviously we the characters are complex and they they have a serious tone to it. Mm-hmm. It's it's funny, but it's not because it's a comedy. It's funny right. because sometimes funny things happen or funny things are said like, you know, teenagers do say funny things. Mm-hmm. So I I I think that when I started the show, I was like, this is no, there's no way this is going to be like the boys as good as the boys. It's going to be like, they're going to use the same tricks, like gross out stuff and sex and blood and all that stuff. But uh, it's never going to be as good as the boys. And then I feel like it's, it's as good. Absolutely. I agree. Absolutely. It's not as the, the stakes aren't as high and the production value isn't as like uh, the, the, the effects and stuff aren't, as crazy, but they still managed to make it entertaining. So you don't have to spend, I don't think the budgets were the same, but I still think that we got good mileage out of the show. Yeah, it was, I agree. It's well, well paced. They spent enough time on character development and this mystery that kept you hooked. I love how in the university, like there's really only two paths you could take is you either a crime fighter or you like become an actor or performer because either way, you got to make money for Vaught. They need you out there fucking doing things. And I love how like they all want to get in the seven. That's like the big that's like so making it to the big league. Do we just one quick question on the plot was Shetty. I know I know why Shetty wanted to make the virus, yeah. but was she doing that selfishly or was she doing that for Vaught? So I love this. Was whole, she going like? Was she going off the coloring out of lines by making the virus? As she went deadly rogue. as it was. Well, I think she because she did not want Vought to find out. This was right. a hushed project with Doctor Cardosa, and the woods is the place where she gets him to develop a contagious virus that kills superheroes. We find out that her family knew about the woods. They just didn't know what she was doing. Oh, they didn't know what she was doing. They knew they were ex- doing because other experiments. Tech Knight was like, oh, you let you got rid of or um, what's his name? Sam escaped the woods. Oh, that's true. Well, I think that they were trying to augment polarity knew. Yes, they were trying to augment them. So to like be better or more deadly or whatever. They were using so, right. Sam. Well, I, th- to- I think I think what I was inferring was that they were trying to make another deadly superhero. So to combat homelander because homelander is right. now basically a, a fucking um there's no one to challenge him yeah, yeah. yeah. Just a no, one can, no one can challenge him yeah um so the fact that her family was on that plane that homelander and mave uh right. didn't do a good job to save i love that tie back so yeah suddenly she wants now something she wants to kill all the soups when she was kind of working for the corporation that manages the soups. And even towards the end, I like that last episode. I was like, I don't know who to root for because I could see everybody's point of view, but like, yeah. who's the good guy here? And the, uh, people are flipping. Um, the, the tech knight was also, that dude was hilarious. His power. And the fact that he had to just fuck holes. <laughs> he just had a, a, compa- a compelling uh, feeling. To, just any <laughs> hole, donut hole, whatever, the mailbox, whatever hole he found, he had when to When he's filming it. that last segment and so then gets distracted fun. by the hole in the tree. There's a hole, hole in is the hole. <laughs> so fun. Hole is hole. But he could detect lies. The blow dryer. Oh my god, yes, he's doing the blow dryer. That, like, that, that comedy, that shit is hilarious. Um, Emma, you know, sneaking into the woods and killing that soup and her, her relationship with Sam also fantastic. I guess they were they wanted to use Sam to make a super soldier. 
uh, or they were using him to. And then Kate just because then they show you a flashback where Kate's there with Sam, and I'm like, the fuck is going on? And she is just mind wiping everyone. I love how that episode ended where they they just blacked out and they woke up and they're like, what the fuck? How do we get here? What happened? Oh yeah, that episode where they were um, uncovered. They were what were they doing? What were they doing before they, they got mind wiped? They were stopping Sam. Remember, Emma got real big. In the backyard, oh, yeah, yeah. and then all of a sudden it cuts to black, and like she wakes up somewhere else. And I was like, so they, "No, she wakes up with um oh with Joe Jordan, Jordan, yeah." And then yeah. they're like, "Wait, what just happened?" And yeah, I thought that was an awesome end to that episode because yeah. I had no idea what was going yeah, on. Yeah, I was like, "What?" And like Emma's still big in the fucking pool, passed out, just like there was a party. Um, so that leaves us at the end. What happens? Victoria Newman, the senator, pops heads. We've seen the boys. That she has this meeting with Kate. Kate finally thinks she's going to out uh, good. She's the benefactor for Kate. She was Kate's benefactor that got her this far. Mm-hmm. And uh, so the same person. And then we find out she has similar blood powers. We talk about Kate. You're talking about the other uh, uh, Kate, sorry, Marie. Uh, Marie, Marie, Victoria and Marie and Marie. Uh, she kind of gets Marie's uh, confidence. They have the same blood powers. She gets the virus from Cardosa. Pops his head. So now Victoria Newman has the virus. Dean Shetty is dead. And it's chaos on Godolkin U as they release everyone from the woods. And here's where I'm like, I'm not sure who to root for. Like, it's not right that they're just killing innocent humans, but also this school and these people are evil and they've been fucking with them. I don't know who to who, who to root for. Uh, Marie blows off Kate's arm as she's about to fucking mind wipe Jordan. And then Homelander shows up and it's an amazing cameo. And everyone just stops. And you can just see everybody's face. They're like, oh, shit. Oh, and he has like three lines. But his presence, just his face, just his acting there is so good. You get it all. And he just goes, what kind of animal are you? To Marie. And bless her. And then they wake up in a windowless, doorless hospital room, the four of them, not knowing where they are. Meanwhile, the media has now blamed this massacre on them and now have heroified Kate and Sam as the new heroes of Guardians of Gudelkin. And then Billy Butcher shows up in a mid credit scene, uh, stumbles upon the woods, sees everything that's happened, and has a great line. What a bunch of cunts. <laughs> this is a great line. So now everything's laid out, right, for season four of The Boys, which I believe will take place a few days after this, and Gen V is, gets renewed for a second season. What'd you guys think of how it ended? That whole last episode. Um, it's pretty good. I think that the fact that Marie's powers are way more powerful than she even understands, yeah, is interesting. Yeah, uh, we see that. Um, that what's the name of the guy? The polarity son, Andre. Andre, he can't use his powers that much yes. because he'll start his brain will start getting melting. Torn. Yeah. But maybe Marie can like reassemble it. Oh, she she has that healing power, right? Yeah. Can she use it a couple times. Yeah, yeah, she saved that girl at the club. Like she can probably out. heal people. She could probably even heal Butcher. She pulled out that isn't, tracker from her neck. She sent. Isn't that. Butcher dying? Oh, I don't know if that's still a thing. I do remember he was dying because he was taking the V too. Gen V or compound V. Compound V. Um. Marie, I love when Marie finds Maverick. Maverick, the invisible RA. Hilarious. First of all, that's the RA. That's what's his name, son. Translucent. Translucent. And then the way she scopes out his heart and his veins and fucking knocks him out was fantastic. 
He was like into bestiality, like the fuck goat. Yeah, he's stuff. fucking like a camel or is, something. Is or that a, what goat. was happening? Yeah, <laughs> goat came out of his room. Yeah, he had an animal in his room. I was like, come on, dude! Like, you basically like get the hell out of here. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, the episode ended. I mean, the season ended well, right? Yeah. Like, this is Gen V and the boys. It doesn't always end in a happy way. Yeah. Yeah. So the it ended on par for what they you would expect for these shows and how they do it. Um, and it and it leads right into the next season, right? So yeah. now Newman has she's got this virus. She's got the virus. She doesn't obviously want to kill all the soups, but I yeah. think she wants a way to to handle Homelander. Homelander is obviously this tyrant. Yeah. Uh, Billy Butcher still wants to kill him. Yeah. Figure out, and he's stumbled upon this room where they were experimenting on soups and potentially killing them. And then now we have this wild card with the Gen V kids. The Guardians of the Galokin, yeah. Galokin, Gadokin, whatever. Yeah. In a room that you know at some point they're gonna get busted out. Yeah. Yeah. It's so. I, I think it's fascinating that the boys, the premise is like all soups are corporate chills and assholes and they're like the bad guys, right? And we are mm-hmm. rooting for Billy Butcher and his gang to kill the soups, but here you kind of get a little bit of both. You get soups who you hate, but then you get these soups that are are humanized and haven't been corrupted, but they all want to be in the seven and they will end up getting corrupted. Um, so I'm still like, I don't know how I feel. Who are some of your favorite characters? Where do you think uh, the sides will be drawn? I guess, I guess you got Kate and Sam now with Homelander. He loves them. Does Billy oh, butcher he just has them. He has them in his pocket. Yeah. Will oh, Bill, oh. will Billy butcher try to bust these, these four out. He doesn't like soups. He doesn't like soups, but they're... Well, the thing is, is wasn't one of them going to be fast-tracked to the seven? So wouldn't that be... Yeah. Did either be Kate or... Um, or Sam. Sam. Sam is very dangerous. The thing is, everybody's sleeping on Jordan. Jordan can fire things out of their Jordan hand. Jordan is very popular. They got I mean, powers. Some kind yes. of like yeah. lasting powers. And they're super and, strong. Yes, they're super strong in either form, and he does shoot things out. They do shoot things out of their hands, so... And because Jordan was like number two for a long time, I think also because um, they were the TA. Yes, it was Brink. the teacher's assistant. Yeah, and uh, yeah, just all the levels and the different layers of these things how they kind of fold together is so good. It's it, so what's good. great about it is there's so many layers to all the characters, and it's nice seeing how the different layers of each character interact as a new one is is peeled off. Yeah, Marie. Right? Like you now we you know at the end Kate is exposed as this kind of terrorist, right? Yeah. And with, she's basically like Magneto when Magneto was kill all humans, but it's like Shetty created you have her. The, the superheroes reacting to her in different ways. Yeah. Marie's like, I just want to be a good person the whole time. She didn't care about being a, she's like, I don't care. I don't give a fuck. Our parents, I just want to be a good person. Kate is created by Shetty by keeping, giving her pills lying to her, making her feel like a, like she's her like a mother figure, acting like a mother figure. And once the pills wear off, she, she realized she was using it. Yeah, yeah, and her powers are untethered, but then Well, the thing the thing is Marie doesn't that's the thing you said Marie want to be a good person. Yeah. She is a good person, but she also goes through some shit too. Like in the beginning, she's just extremely selfish. Yeah, she's yeah. just like okay, I'll lie yeah. on camera yeah. to get oh, where that's I want right. to go because that's I just right. want to prove I want to do this for my sister yeah. to show that my to have my sister not hate me. But then she realizes by the end, it's not, it can't just all be driven by her sister. She has to do the right thing because that's what she feels is right. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's great. It's not any means necessary to get to your sister. And fucking Sam, I felt so bad for him. I completely understand where he's coming from. He's, I loved I loved when he's ripping apart the puppets. Oh my like god. And then it, then the, the reveal and the goriness of the all these people torn in half. They're hanging with have just their have their legs cut off and it like, oh my god. I love that they showed it to us that way. And then mm-hmm. you're in your mind you could be like, Oh, holy shit. And then yeah, when he's fucking Emma, he sees there as a puppet that one time is fantastic. I was like, his dick's in her slack hole. Look at this. Yeah. But what did I turn? I you, popped a stitch in that. Did that scene. turn you on, rugs? When the he's fucking the puppet. <laughs> well, you know, they should have let the puppet boobies out. They should have. Uh, yeah. No, fantastic. Everything was just really well done. I don't know. Yeah, it's it, it's a good watch. Everyone should watch it. And you kind of have to, I think, make sense of the next season of the oh, boys. Yeah. It's uh, going to lean into all of this. All right. Well, let's rate it. Rank it against the boys. Anthony, you go first. Oh, man. I think it's a, a solid nine out of ten. Nice. Uh, rank it against the boys. I don't know. I can't do that. There's too much tell, too many seasons of the boys already. I, there is. It all kind of blends together, but it's just as good as any of those seasons of the boys. I I completely agree. I would say I would say my favorite season of the boys was season three. Oh really? Now that I think the about it, I one. loved Homelander and uh, Soldier Boy. Soldier Boy. Yeah. yeah. Um, I can't. But yeah, I mean, this is just as good as. It's the same. It has the same. It's. It might even be better in some sense because mm-hmm. the boys is still very black and white. Like you know who the bad guys are and the good guys are. Right. But this did a good job of really putting layers on every character where it was like, I can see how you're bad, but yeah. also good. And like, I could see why you got to the way you are. I could, un- I can understand your viewpoint. I don't, I don't necessarily agree with your worldview, but I can see how you got there. Yeah. The motivations in, of everyone were great. Lots of great like Homelander is just, I mean, you can, you can see why he got to the place, but he's in a place where he's so tyrannical where it's yeah. like, there's no way you could root for that character. Yeah. It's obvious that he is not the good guy. Right. Uh, I will agree. I'll also give it a nine. It's just as good as the fucking boys. I've heard people say that it's better and cite certain reasons like that. That's being one of them is a little more nuance and you get to meet some soups that you actually don't want Billy Butcher to kill. Uh, so I thought that was interesting. Rugs, what about you? What are you going to give it? I think the fact that the boys is based off of a comic that had some success and notoriety. Um, it, it's a, you know, it's, it's, it's set up for success. This is a completely new cast that has nothing to do with the comics that I don't I don't think yeah. maybe maybe I maybe I might be wrong. I don't think there's a Gen V. I think there's some kind of school in the comics. There's some sort of spin-off, but, yeah, but I don't yeah. know how Is how there is out. is there that there's something that this is based on or is this completely new? I don't know. It's based on the Boys comic book story arc We Got to Go Now by Garth Ennis and De- So there was an arc okay. in the Boys that that, that this introduced so the similar storyline that they're pulling from? I, yes, but I've heard people say, people who've read the comics saying that the TV show is doing it better than the comics. Well, that's even more praise. Yeah. So I want to go with nine as well. I, I think uh, for a TV show about superheroes, it's as closest to the X-Men we're going to get in a lot of ways. Yeah. But, um, and it, it, it exists in this world that's now branching out and still working. And I, I like that they're able to create a whole new uh, 
universe of superheroes that has nothing to do with Marvel or DC that still work on their own in their own tone and it's completely different. It's not like Marvel. It's not like it's more like I guess like Deadpool than anything else. I mean, it kind of like, is the fact that they deal with such topical, relatable issues, like hard hitting issues, but uh, and it's satire, and it's a you know a satire on the their own genre, on the superhero genre. It's just so well balanced and and executed. And they don't even have a Kevin Feige. How do they do it? Listen, I don't know. Listen. <laughs> They got. Uh, see what I'm saying? You know see who, what I'm saying? You don't need a. Kevin you know who they got? They got uh, Evan Goldberg and Eric Kripke. Uh, that's who they got. Yeah, that's. You need a guy though. You need a guy who has a vision that's watching over the whole thing. Yeah, right. But these guys nailed the toe. People that get it. People that get it and know how people to. People that get it know how to people adapt that get it. it. But also, yes. you got to know how to adapt it. How to make it better where you can and how to stick to. The, the source of it, the heart of it, where you can. Faiji gets that. You just got to give him. Listen, I told you, he's just got to go smoke a couple of joints with his buddies. Take a deep breath. And we're like, okay, how do we fix this? Let's fucking start over. He'll, f- <laughs> he'll figure it out. And I know he can get the good stuff. He can afford it. So smoke the good stuff and figure it out. Okay. The boys, fan- I mean, Gen V fantastic. Can't wait for season four of the boys. Whenever the fuck that comes out and season two of this. Let's do some news from the nation. It's time for news from the nation. It's time for news from the nation. (laughs) It stinks. It stinks. It stinks. Ah, nice. All right. I got some uh, recommendations for some fun animated things on the Netflix from our uh, nation, from the nation. Jose Ibarra starts us out posting a trailer for this anime show called Pluto. Say, There's Mickey Mouse in it, you know? No. Oh, yeah. No, Just it's just about the dog, the one that can't talk. Why couldn't Pluto talk and Goofy can talk? Made no sense. Well, uh, Jose says this anime is nothing short of a masterpiece based off of one of my favorite mangas from legendary manga artist Naoki Urusawa. I can't recommend this enough for anyone that's even slightly into animation or just anyone in general. High praise. Jose knows his stuff. I always get good recommendations. Yeah, it's one of these uh, things about robots, whether robot robots are. They create robots and robots are not supposed to be able to kill humans. And uh, the murder happens, and there's a there's a robot that's a suspect, kind of like iRobot. Remember oh that? yeah, 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 yeah. The robot goes so, rogue. Yeah. Have you heard about this? It looks kind of good. The animation. I've looks heard. Good. I've watched the trailer. So, okay. but I have not watched it yet. Now I'm curious to watch it. So, uh, I'm curious. Also, I'm more curious about the second thing. Uh, Daryl K posted a trailer to a new Netflix anime, adult animated show called Blue Eye Samurai. And Jose Barra commented on that, saying it's fantastic. The action scenes are amazing. With this and Pluto, Netflix has really knocked it out of the park with animation over the last couple of weeks. Did you guys get a chance to watch this trailer? Yeah, I see the trailer. It's very good. So we're going to segue into what are we watching? Because I watched the first two episodes of the show. Of course you did. Jesus Christ. Uh, no, because I, this podcast <laughs> I listened to, TV's Top 5 from Hollywood Reporter, they had the showrunners of this show on an interview. One of them is the aforementioned Michael Green, who wrote Logan, who is rewriting Blade. He's done a lot of great TV. 
uh, it's him and this other person uh, created this show. And let me tell you, this fucking this show is gorgeous. It's a it's really good for adult animation. There is a lot of violence. There's nudity. There's sex scenes. Uh, and the it, the vibe is their pitch was Kill Bill uh, mixed with Yentl. Basically, the story takes place in 1633 Japan when Japan was kind of an isolationist mode. Nobody was allowed inside. And there's this one character who is a mixed breed and any mixed breed was considered like a demon or damaged or worthless. They were ousted and anything European was uh, illegal at the time. So you meet the samurai and it's a woman, but she's posing as a man. She's got this dope sword and she's essentially uh, her father was one of those Europeans. She is looking to murder all the remaining Europeans that the the uh, the few the lords are hiding in Japan, and she's going around hunting them down. And you learn about her background. She has a mentor who is a sword, a blind sword maker. She calls him Sword Father. There's a fun sidekick that joins her, and holy shit, the action scenes are phenomenal. So it's Kill Whitey the series. It's Kill Bill, me- <laughs> yes, Kill Whitey the series. Kill Bill meets Yentl. You know, Yentl being Barbara Streisand's character was posing as man and then of course kill bill but the storyline is very game of thrones there's like there's a lord who wants to marry off his daughter and she doesn't want to marry who he wants she wants to marry her own person and that guy is connected to the lead character and she uh she's being hunted while she's hunting things and you you gotta watch for the fight and then there's like full-on like sex scenes and there's a scene where there's all these animated penises everybody takes off their clothes and jumps in the water there's all these animated dicks flopping around it, this could work if it was live action. It's so good. But the animation is fucking beautiful. It's a gorgeous show. Uh, and uh, the, the action scene's phenomenal. Highly, I can't wait to watch. There's only eight episodes. But after watching the first two, I was like, holy shit, this is great. I mean, Rugs, you got to check it out. I think you will like it. All right, I'll look at it. You say you, I, you, you had me at penises. <laughs> Lots of anime. Anthony, does penises do anything for you? Or this show? I think you would like this show, too. It's very what show it's called blue eye samurai <laughs> no i heard you uh, sure. uh i i it's really it's really it's really good i was surprised at how good it was. i watched brown eye ninja it's a different kind of movie. Well, brown eye ninja is my favorite yeah <laughs> <laughs> he's got one you gotta watch out in the dark one, strikes one brown eye weapon <laughs> uh so that's what i watched let's everyone caught up on loki yeah we are at the penultimate episode, season finale, next week, episode six. Uh, spoilers. Spoiler alert. Uh, Anthony, what'd you like? What'd you think about Loki? What did we see? I, I like Loki. I, I, I like Loki. I don't. I don't know if I don't think it's as good as Gen V. Um, but it's, it's a solid show, and I I I still enjoy. There's just a good visual art direction to the oh, show. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, it doesn't have the urgency that I want it to have, but it's still very good. It's very well done. Yeah, I, I agree. I think, I think it's just a solid show. It's not hitting home runs, but it's hitting a nice double, and and that's welcome for for Marvel these days. And I like. All I have the characters, a question so. though. Go ahead. I do have a question though. Do you like the fact that Loki is redeemed? Yeah, is he a good guy now? Uh well, you know, in the comics, Loki goes through all these different things too. I don't know. It's a different variation like, of Loki, though. That's yeah, a thing. I feel like I feel like okay, you can go do, and do this with this particular Loki, but somewhere in the universe is the Loki that is a badass that is mm-hmm. an asshole. Yeah, and uh, I like want to see when he shows up again. 
Mm. I mean, l- I like to see him show literally, up. we this Loki now, and he admits it in that last episode. He just wants friends. He's doing all right. this because he, he misses his friends. He needs friends. But after the Flash, we see kind of everything reset and Loki jumping around to different branch timelines where Mobius is, where B-15 is, where uh, I, Casey. I like the line to just interject real yeah. quick where so they're going through all of it and, and they're the I think Sylvie says, is, is it our destiny to always lose? Yeah. So yeah. he's also kind of trying to not be a loser. Yeah. He wants to be friends, but he, he wants friends and he wants to not be a joke. That scene at the end where everything's coming apart and he's not because he's kind of outside of time and they play all these lines from like the season one. Like that was fantastic. This spaghettification effect of it's fucking creepy. It gives me the fucking heebie jeebies. Like anytime they come apart like that, I don't know what it is. It's very disturbing. It makes me hungry. The dough. You're like, <laughs> look at all the noodles. Give me the marinara. Throw it on this fucking mess. What is this? Uh, but I love how we see like he's like, we got to put everything back together. And then he realizes, oh, go back to your lives. Sylvie convinces him. And then she comes back and she's like, no, no, the shit is fucked up. Great use of that Velvet Underground song. I love that scene with the record. Lots of metaphors of circles and spinning. And, or, you know, Aurora Boris is a snake eating its own tail. Um, and then I just love where like I love Kihu Kwan. Okay, yeah, OB is just he is so charming. He's so funny. You want to hang out with him? I love how they. I, dis- I love that he. I love that he figures it out. But he's like, I had to. Div- I spent nineteen months, quit my job, <laughs> l- divorced my wife, but I figured it out. <laughs> he got it done, and I love how like where in that timeline where he lives is kind of like what the uh, where he is in the TVA is like kind of the right. same thing. Like he modeled it after that. But I don't know. There's one episode left. Loki's going to have to reform the TVA. Is he the creator? Also, all of this was always supposed to happen. I feel like this is he who remains plan. All of these things it was all supposed to go this way. It's one big loop. We may end up back at the beginning at the end of this well, season. We need the TVA, right? Because everything's yeah. the reality's going away. But yeah. I, I read afterwards that Loki, you know, his the god of mischief and all these different names. Yeah. But one of the recent storylines is he's the god of stories. Storytelling, yes. Right. So, yeah. And now that he can basically, I mean, he's now uber powerful, right? He can trans, He can jump to any place he's in time whenever he wants. controlling his time slipping, yes. Yeah. And so at the end, you see him jump back to the moment before Victor Timely steps out and gets fucking disintegrated. Um. So that's going to be interesting, but yeah, he will can there be a it. Thor cameo before this is over? Uh, no, I don't think so. I don't think so. But will is he going to be like the he who remains, or end up causing he who remains to come into existence? Oh, so many questions. Yeah, and we have to. I mean, this seems to it should have implications on other stuff too. Yeah, yeah. If anything, this seems to have huge ramifications for the MCU. As a whole, especially if the Deadpool 3 rumor is true, the TVA is involved. But overall, this is a lot better than what Marvel has been giving us. I will agree. It's not as good as Gen V, but for a season of Loki, like it's been very good. I felt every episode has been getting better and better. Um, and uh, it's going it to be. Just, and it ends in a way where it's not um, similar to Gen V. It ends in a way where you watch the episode. You go, OK, I'll watch the next one. Yes. What happened next? What's going to happen? Yeah. Next? Yeah. You know what else is similar to Gen V? More similar, fucking Invincible, back on the air. Oh, yeah, very what, similar. What, did you catch, uh, we all caught up on the first episode of that. 
Not only did I yeah. watch that, I went and watched that. Oh, um, the Adam Eve thing. Adam Eve episode. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty good, right? I thought that was, it was good. I thought that was very good for backstory. And I forgot where. Do you realize the first season of Invincible ended April 2021? It's been over two years. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I kind of forgot what the fuck even happened. That little recap in the beginning was helpful. But. The way they started out also was crazy and confusing with Omni-Man and Mark being... They're doing multiverse stuff. D- d- yes, it was a different dimension. They, in this dimension, they are ruling the planet. They are tyrants, uh, and they're just killing everyone, controlling everyone. And I was like, what the fuck is going on here? I saw an article that I agreed with that said, for now, I mean, it's only the first episode, that Invincible is doing the multiverse stuff, right? Because yeah. every multiverse story that we see you just can be like well there's just another variation that could do that stuff right yeah but they make it a point to go in every universe mark and omni-man come together and rule and take oh, over everything yeah but this universe that didn't happen that was always so what that implies is that this mark is different and there's oh. something about him that is different than the every other mark in the every other multiverse oh i like that and he's there. There's something about there's some. He's worth exploring because he's the different one. Wow! Yeah, the whole thing with the Maulers and that guy who can open dimensions that was great. Playing by Sterling K. Brown. Oh, that's Sterling. Oh, that's Sterling K. Brown. Yeah, Voiced by Sterling. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's very good. Very good story, and and it's like a it's 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 good because Mark is trying to do the right thing, right? And the Maulers are bad people yeah so he automatically assumes along with the government that they're doing something bad yeah but sterling k brown's character is actually trying to do something good yeah but doesn't they can't communicate that enough in in time for mark to stop everything and now sterling k brown's character has grown this he's like the leader yeah he's grown this brain he's got this he's like swears vengeance on him because mark mark Basically killed a bunch of innocent people. Yeah, he came in at the wrong moment, not knowing what the story is, just on orders, and fucked up right. his whole plan. I love when he comes in, he's like, yeah, I don't know, there's like a big electric Christmas tree and a bunch of the same dudes plugged in. I don't know what's going on here. And the guy's just like, just stop it. And he's trying to explain that mutation is horrific, uh, and now he's made a bad but he's guy. He's created an enemy, that, yeah. and the en- you understand why the enemy... Is upset with him. Yeah, he was trying to help everyone. Rugs, what do you think? Good, strong start. A lot of the reviewers who got the first couple episodes, they're like, it picks up in episode three. They didn't really, they liked it, but they're like, it was a weird start. But I thought this was a good first episode. No, I, I, I'm, I'm all in. I, I think this is good. Um, interesting to know what happens. I feel like they introduced this these possibilities, and you're like, oh, well, Mark could be an evil fuck with his dad, yeah. and, or he could let's see how this Mark turns out. Mm-hmm. Is he going to blaze his own path? And then all of a sudden, unbeknownst to like him, like he fucks up everything really bad. Yeah. So now he's behind the eight ball. So it it puts the it puts Mark in a very precarious situation because you're like, oh, is 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 this the moment where he snaps into being evil, just like all the other versions of him, mm-hmm. or is he going to still kind of blaze his own trail and kind of be different? So there's a lot there's a lot of play here, and it's fun. And, uh, of course, uh, you get to see the results of all the stuff, uh, from last episode with the robot and how he got it put into a, a human body oh, yeah. in the, in the, in the other reality. So those are, those are fun things. 
he gets beat the fuck up too pretty yeah bad. it was it was good. crazy yeah. to see that yeah i'm down i can't wait i mean and it's a lot like the boys but it's its it own is. thing very similar very similar it reminds me a little bit of like justice league and justice league unlimited well yeah but like gorier yeah the whole point yeah. is to give you a violent saturday morning cartoon but the voice cast is also top-notch voice acting top-notch uh, I can't wait for this season. So it's just a shame it took so long for this fucking thing to come back. Gonna savor it. Rex, have you caught up on that Scavengers Reign at all? There are nine episodes out now. Is it over yet? No, I don't think so. They've been putting <laughs> out like three episodes every week on Thursday. I, feel, I thought it was over. No, I don't even know how many episodes they're gonna be. The last episode that I saw was the girl, um, she loses the robot. Oh yeah, Levi. And she has to, f- oh, that was she has to fight the, the big thing. Yeah, and um, I think that's there's that's like towards the end. I think that she gets away from him, yeah. and then that's about. And I don't remember what else happens. This show point. is so good, though. Like, aren't those fucking alien creatures just fascinating? And yeah, it's so fucking good. I don't. It's know. great. Yeah, it's great. It's good sci-fi. It's uh, that's all I'll say. It's good sci-fi. It's done well. It's about a bunch of people stranded on this planet that's just trying to kill them every time. They got, they got aliens that mind control you and then uh, other things that are good. And like when she lost Levi, like I really felt that. I was sad. I was like, no, the fucking Levi. Well, yeah, there's like a lot of weird shit baked into that because yeah. Levi has the voice of the guy. Uh, oh, right. Uh, of the lady Cayman, that Cayman's the, wife or girlfriend. Yeah, yeah. 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 So like when he heard her voice, yeah. it was like that's all those little nice little touches. Eyes, there. And then you get some new people coming down to the planet. And they don't know what the fuck they're getting into. Uh, good stuff. It's so good. I don't know how many episodes there are, but I fucking love this show. Uh, <laughs> Anthony, you watch anything else? This no, that was it. That was it. I was I was binging. I spent my fr- <laughs> Saturday and Sunday watching Loki, two episodes of Invincible, and then six episodes of Gen V. Oh shit! Okay, so That's I lot. watched something. What'd you watch? I watched oh. two things. What'd you watch? You know me. <laughs> well, who are you? <laughs> who are you? You watch a Frank Rollo <laughs> movie? Yes, I did. Oh, yeah. I watched an old one. Oh. I watched The Purge Anarchy. Oh, he's in that. That's if you, right. If you want to see Frank Grillo do his best Punisher impression, there it is. Oh, okay. He plays a man who is out for vengeance on the night of the Purge. Is he the lead in this Purge movie? Yes. Oh, nice. Kind of. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. If he's not the first, he's the second. But like, he's pretty important to the story. Okay. So it's about this guy. He goes out on Purge night to exact revenge on somebody who wronged him. And uh, unfortunately, um, he fi- comes upon a, a group of people that need saving. And so he ends up like, you know, trying to get them out of the jam that they're in and being a good guy. So uh, it was good. It was not great. But I mean, for like a low budget movie, I, I thought it was it was interesting. 58 percent on, rot- on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. <laughs> for a Frank Grillo movie, it's amazing. OK, it's a good Frank. And then yeah. it, it wasn't macho enough. Yeah. I had to watch the Sly documentary that dropped on November 3rd. Um, It was Godzilla Day. Oh, yeah. And they released two um short films, one with Jet Jaguar. Yeah. And in the Final Wars suit and one uh Godzilla versus Megalon in CG, which was very cool. Godzilla has like a all kinds of crazy ass powers in that. He has like a fucking fire punch and drop kicks shit. It's crazy. Um, what do you think is that? What do you think is Sly? I watched that also. Um, I felt like that they need another hour. 
It was kind of short. They didn't really delve into like all his movies. They were focusing on the Rocky and the Rambo and like, stuff. When in the I early watched, 80s. did you watch the three part Arnold one? Yeah. Well, that was like pretty extensive. Yeah. Like they covered like all aspects of his life, yeah. like him being a fucking governor. Well, he had him like, being a bodybuilder yeah, and three, him being an action. He star. had like three big chapters in his life, right? As as those three things. Yeah, I think that Stallone could have fleshed it out a little bit more. Talked a little bit more about his family. I mean, they kind of talked about Sage Stallone, but they didn't. What happened to him? He he died. In, he, he, so in 2012, but what? But how did he die? Because he's the same age. He was born the same year I was. We were the same age. I think he. I think he drug drugs, overdosed. Right? Oh, was it yeah. drugs? Oh man, that's so sad. Because he was in the movie. He puts but him in a know, Rocky movie. I feel like the biggest message that I got after I watched that was that Stallone's dad is a huge asshole. Oh my god, yes, his dad pushed him and uh, and was kind of a dad and was jealous. His dad was jealous of him every even when he got older, when he got successful. His dad is like jealous of him. He 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 knocks him off the polo horse, and Stallone never gets on a horse again after that. But I love the fact that in the beginning, why he wrote Rocky is he was just uncastable. Uh, you know, he would slur his words. He had droopy eyes, droopy mouth. And he's like, I'm just going to write shit that I want to be in and fucking wins an Oscar and makes Rocky. And then uh, and then he's Rocky and Rambo at the same time and c- really connects with both of those characters. Uh, I, yeah, it was really good. I'd like I think that the overall message besides his dad's an asshole is that. um, If you believe in yourself yeah. and you really try hard. You can do it. Yeah. Like you can do things. Like who would have known that Stallone would be this big star? Like he manifested that. He got lucky, uh, you know, of course. But same thing with Arnold. Like he manifested th- this this being. Yeah. And there's no more people that are made like that. That are made that create themselves by sheer force of will and like it, look for these opportunities. It's like. Oh, I'm just going to get my phone and post my fucking stupid shit on YouTube and on TikTok. Yeah. And there you go. Yeah. Like you're off to the races. Yeah. And like there, there was this intense desire to try and make the people who are the star makers want to invest in you. Yeah. It was, it was a different kind of approval. I think it was really hard because you could tell that he wanted that attention from his father. He couldn't get it. So he got it from so an he, audience and he got, so he got it from an audience he and he, yeah. he cared about what the audience thought. Yeah. And he, he would make a movie like Rocky Balboa that no one wanted. Yeah. And then like, who's making Rocky movies at 60 years old. But then that, oh. that also like you heard all the, the, you know, like on Cobra, like he would just come in and start rewriting things and changing things because he's like, I know what's better. Uh, but, I mean, the, the guy is kind of amazing, and he's just like, I always, I need to create, I always keep making something. Look, nobody can hit hit it out of the park every time, except for James Cameron. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to throw it in, <laughs> but um, like no one can really <laughs> knock it out of the park every time. Like, there's gonna be times you're gonna whiff, and yes, the loan left to his own devices could be the undoing of a movie, sure. Yeah, but um, his batting average is pretty good. Like he does, he does create these iconic things. And even in, even in the worst Rocky movie, even in Rocky five, yeah. there's still aspects of that movie that are good. Oh, I enjoy There's parts of Rocky five that I really, I really like. So you can't like completely count out even as disasters. Like, like, um, 
that he was responsible. Like, uh, Stop or My Mom Will Shoot was like, he didn't write that movie. <laughs> Yo, Arnold tricked him into fucking taking that movie. Yeah. They go over that story in the documentary. Yeah. They go over but, that. Um, yeah. Arnold, in yeah. fact, like, he. No, I knew about that. Yeah. Arnold is the one who brings it up. He goes. Arnold was the one that was like, that was the one that was like, Oh, I got this new part yeah. or whatever. Yeah, right? yeah. He didn't want to do this it. New awesome movie. Yes. He didn't want to do it, but he didn't tell his agent. He told it. They, they made it seem like Arnold was going to take the role and Stallone jumped at it when they were both each other's competition and tried. That was also things. Arnold was delving into comedy. So yes. Stallone was like, I got to do some comedy. I got to do some comedy. Yeah. Trying to change his thing. And it's just so funny that he tricked him into doing that shitty movie. Uh, but, but. What what yeah what a a unique talent like I don't know if you'll ever see a, another Stallone yeah it was kind of sad seeing pack up his this gorgeous house in oh, yeah, LA he's moving he likes to move Mo- moving to Florida shake everything up he, he's not moving he already has a house in Florida oh. he's just packing he's just consolidating I guess wow. uh no good documentary yeah yeah okay uh, I think that's it. Right. That's it. That's all I got. All right. Me, kids. All right. Got. All right. Well, listener out this week, you got to watch Loki season finale. You got to watch the Marvels. We will be reviewing both things next week. Go see the Marvels. Support Marvel. Support Disney. They need money. No, it's not doing well. Faiji can fix it. Just give him time. Everybody relax. <laughs> Everybody calm down. Put your fucking typewriter down. Typewriter. <laughs> Put your keyboard down. It will be fine. Do you think this is the last hit piece that's written? No, no, no because it's kind of trendy too right now to shit on them. So I think it's oh, feeding it into that. Yeah, well, I've been ahead of that trend. Yeah, everybody. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Rugs set that trend first. yeah like tw- ten years ago. Yes, <laughs> but now, boy, it's mainstream. They got some damage control to take care of. So surprising hit piece on Marvel. Never thought I'd see it get to this point, but here we are. It's okay. Uh, that's it for this week, Rugs. Where can the listener find you online? On X at Really Rug Boy. Come follow people. X him. Uh, links to everything in, on our website in the episode description. Most important thing you could do, listener, to help us out. Share the show. Spread the geekery. Thank you for listening to the Jogger Nerd Podcast. My name is Imran. My name is Anthony. He's the jock. He's the nerd. Peep we'll you next time. Fuck that show. The fuck? I'm pumped. Yeah, me too. I like turtles. Jogging nerd! <laughs>